We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good Knicks Nation. Welcome back to another Game of the Week preview. Come on, guys. You know we had to preview this game between the Knicks and the Toronto Raptors. So who best to preview this game with me is none other than Will Wu. He covers the Raptors for Sportsnet, for Sportsnet out in Toronto. Make sure to hit that thumbs up button for your boys. Make sure to share the links to all these videos. Make sure to tap in because this is going to be a great show. And also remember to support our sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. Use that promo code KFTD to get up to a $100 match. Will, I, I'm, I've been looking forward to this, man. I've been looking forward to this conversation all week because... Hey, big trade happened for both these teams. Even if we're, even though we're in litigation, we're not in litigation, mm. but we're in, uh, we're, you know, there's a lawsuit that's happening right now. These guys were able to get a deal done. But how are you doing today, man? How are you feeling, first and foremost? Bro, same, man. Same, honestly, because, you know, I wanted to get your thoughts on how our boy OG is doing over there with the Knicks. Every day on Twitter.com, I see some kind of stat about OG's plus minus is like the best plus minus of all time. Um, and then, of course, I'm sure you guys want to know how quickly he's doing in Toronto, how RJ is doing in Toronto. Uh, our two teams just, you know, continues to be linked. And, and uh, yeah, man, I mean, you just got to put business first. I think that's the thing, right? Like, yeah, the Raptors and Knicks are suing each other or whatever. It's like still got to make a trade if the right trade is there to be made. And then, you know, uh, you know, Raptors this week, you know, also dealt Pascal Siakam. Masai Ujiri went to the press conference yesterday basically like showed us his soul was like you know how hard this is for me and and like we want a championship together all this other stuff but at the end of the day you just got to do the business you know and the, if the deal's right you do the deal so yeah it's been a it's, it's been a week where you remember the like yo nba is a business like above all else and you know um you can you can you can have space for those feelings but realistically you just got to get the job done for sure. I agree with you 100%, man. I mean, when I saw that trade happen, I thought it was fake at first. I was like, I mm. saw the Woj tweet. Someone dropped in our Slack, and I was like, is this fake? Is this the actual Woj? Did, did the Raptors and the Knicks actually do a deal? And then yeah, no. I, 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 kind, I kind of figured that RJ, because just the way the team has been operating, it's always been Brunson and Randall. And mm -hmm. if you're going to make it work, you need a, a 3 and D player between both those guys on the court. And OG fit that prototypical 3 and D type player. To make this thing work, I was just shocked that it was both IQ and RJ in a deal to go get mm. OG and Anobi. I was a little, it's a little sad, man. You watch these guys because I started covering this team when RJ was drafted. I got to see Quick drafted the next year. Then you get to see them develop to improve every single step along the way. I'm sure as you covered OG and you get yeah. to see 
how he's played. And it's just, it stinks, man. But as you said, a business, the deal had to get done if the deal is right. But let's talk about the, let's talk about this trade first before we get to the Pascal Siakam one. Mm -hmm. How's it looked for the Toronto Raptors so far? How, how has RJ and IQ been playing for these guys, for, for your guys? Honestly, I don't think you could ask for too much more from RJ. I think, you know, when the deal was made, the headliner was, you know, we made this trade to get quickly, right? The Raptors have needed a point guard. Fred moved on. We had like Dennis Schroeder kind of holding it down for like, but you know what I mean? Like he's a six man type of guy. He's not a starter yep. for you, really. You need a point guard for the future as well, right? Because Dennis is also like a 10 year vet. Who is that guy going to be? And when you looked around the league and who was gettable, um, quickly seemed like top of the list for a lot of people, myself included. A guy who could score, a guy who could shoot. Um, you know, the Raptors have really struggled with scoring in the last couple of seasons, just the way they were set up. So that made sense. And it was a headliner. And then it was almost like, I mean, no disrespect to RJ. It was just like RJ was also there. We were like, okay, yeah, we got RJ. Let's see if we can like rehab it a little bit. You know, that report comes out from, you know, Zach Lowe. He's like, you know, league executives I talked to, some of them said he was a toxic asset. I was like, dude, that that's that's wrong. Like he's 23 years old. Like I get it, you know. He could be more efficient, but still, there wasn't that much excitement. But I feel like RJ's like low key, like almost slightly outperformed quickly coming back, which I wasn't really expecting to be honest. But um, both guys have been pretty good, honestly. Like, and especially with the trades that have happened now, they're two of the three Raptors, like top three, four of this team around Scotty Barnes, just moving forward. So it's like crazy to see how quickly that 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 life can change for some of these players. Like quickly for you guys coming off the bench, RJ is third option. You know, maybe in other nights even lost more in the shuffle. Like when they come to Toronto and after this trade, like they are starting every single night and they are getting lots of shots. And to be honest, like, you know, RJ's impressed me. Uh, RJ's really impressed me. Um, he's he's cut out a lot of like the inefficient things that he's doing. He, I think he's only taking two mid-range shots in like nine or ten hmm. games since coming to Toronto. It's like 70% of his shots are like within 10 feet of the basket. 60 within like just like the restricted area kind of rim uh, type of thing and of course he always gets the left hand you guys know that but mm -hmm. he's, he's done a good job getting downhill scoring and then quickly i think he still needs to find his just his rhythm just a little bit he's still a little up and down when he scores he like scores a whole bunch but i think we're pretty happy and i think that um you know we do miss og though because our defense is like terrible since the trade <laughs> <laughs> well that's the one thing uh you know rj he gives you effort not necessarily the greatest defender but he does give you effort yeah. but hey, it's it the one thing you could say about this trade is that it was fair in the aspect that you got two solid players in return. And for the mm -hmm. Knicks, we got OG Ananobi, who's just been, he's transformed the starting rotation for the New York Knicks, man. I mean, he, without having RJ and IQ, and it's not in a bad way, I'm, I'm trying to say this, mm -hmm. but like take up more shots, right? Because you have to figure out how you're going to get not only yeah. Brunson and Randall, but those two guys deserved 20 for RJ, 15 for IQ. And that's just a lot of that's a lot of mouths to feed offensively. But you saw how impactful it was last season. But now that you can give most of the focus to Brunson and to Randall, mm -hmm. it has really opened up their games. And when you have somebody who can knock down the corner three like OG can, who plays fantastic defense, you know, man, he's just so oh, yeah. switchable on defense. And it's just you don't even have to ask Randall to take on the toughest defensive assignment. You don't have to. It, it just changes everything. So Randall can really focus on scoring and be the better version that he is. And that's just kind of how I look at this deal between both of the teams. It's like, how do we make our players look better, right? And mm -hmm. yeah, you need the point guard and quickly. RJ's looking better too because now it's not as cluttered with 
three players who attack the same space 15 feet within and are both lefties. Now he gets to operate in that space. And now you get, you know, you move on to Siakam, yeah. which I got to ask you about that deal in a second. But mm-hmm. Moose Siakam, who kind of op- who operates in that same space, not kind of, but and then you have him next to Scotty Barnes, who's improved at the three point shooting. You see how RJ is able to fit as well as quickly for us. OG next to Brunson and Randall has just been phenomenal. And for like a Knicks standpoint, I've never seen so much cutting in my life. Because oh, you yeah? have some top tier cutters from OG, Dante DiVincenzo, okay. and you know, love Mitch, but Hart Hartenstein is able to be that facilitating big man yeah. and pass out of the high post. So then you just see all, everyone cutting and just moving and actually it's just a faster paced offense for this Knicks team. So the OG trade, OG's looked awesome, but he's made the entire starting unit look mm. awesome. The only downside of the trade is that our bench goes yeah. from being potent. <laughs> To being uh-huh. lackluster, yeah. which now you're starting to see OG, who's now played 40 plus minutes, three games in a row. You know, Tibbs, Tibbs uh-huh. is uh-huh. fine. It's so funny on the 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 press conference last night when uh, the beat reporters asked him, you know, playing OG 40 minutes. He's like, he played in Toronto, and I would just go back to thinking about our conversation last year, where you're like, Nick Nurse, Nick was called Bro. Nick Tibbs. <laughs> He's Nick Thibodeau. No, this is absolutely confirmed. I'm so happy that OG gets to play for these two coaches in particular, man. No, there was a game. Yeah, listen, there was like a game like uh, three years ago now, three seasons ago now, um, where Raptors played the Heat. And yeah, whatever. Obviously, they went to triple overtime. Um, so you're going to have to play heavy minutes. OG played like 55 minutes in that game, man. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, when, five. <laughs> I know. So. Um. Yeah, I think w- when Tibbs is saying that, uh, look, listen, you, you're not going to want to do this all the time. Like, You guys got to find some way to, like, you know, uh, bring it down just a little bit. Like, no, but that's crazy. Nobody really plays 40 minutes a night every single night in the league anymore. It's it's not like that no more. But at the same time, like, yeah, I, I think there is something to be said about a player having that experience, knowing how to, like, either pace themselves or just, like, keep up a high intensity. I'm, I pulled up the box score for this game. So the Raptors, you know, played the Heat. They won in triple overtime. Pascal played 56 minutes and 31 seconds. Scotty Barnes played 56. OG mm. Anobi played 56. Wow. Gary Trent Jr. played 56. And Fred Van Bleet played 53. Woo. So, yeah. So, listen, OG, OG's ready for this. And he's not even in the playoffs, too. That's the thing, too. Like, he, he can maintain this level of intensity. It's just, like, you guys got to be a little bit careful that you don't do this all the time. But, yeah, I mean... That's the beauty with OG, you know, and I think um, he had a similar effect in Toronto. Like he's he's a really unselfish player because he's a guy you would love to hoop with. Like he's going to take on the hardest assignments. He's going to do all the defending, and he really doesn't demand shots. And then when you give him the shots, whether he's cutting to the basket or the corner threes, he's not as effective at the top of the floor, but he's still a pretty good shooter there. Still, it's like, yeah, I mean, he just doesn't take anything off the table. And the fact that he's able to come in and fit in immediately, like. What was the first game? Was was him shutting down Anthony Edwards like the first game? Or is yeah, that, that was the first game. That was the first trade. That was the first day after the trade. <laughs> yeah, you walk into your job first game, and you lock down like you know one of the next rising stars faces a league type of players. And by the way, OG had done that like in the home opener for the Raptors too. If you check the box score for that one, Anthony Edwards shot like seven of twenty seven or something. And yeah. so. Yeah, I mean that's that's OG. That's his talent, man. So I'm I'm happy you guys got him. It's just you know just don't just don't break him down by by playing 40 minutes and every night. Yeah, you're you're, pre- you're preaching to the choir. I mean, I see 40 minutes, three plus games, 40 plus minutes, three games in a row, and I'm like, please, can we please get some help 
for this, not only him, but the entire stars, because it's just like, not even precious can't stay on the floor, which is, I, I don't know. Oh it's, man. Oh yeah. Yo. Uh, the, pressure, the whole precious yeah. thing is a, is a whole other Sorry. debacle, but I'd listen. I don't respect you as a host. And I'm going to let you guys this conversation, but as a Raptor fan, I need to know what's your initial uh, <laughs> take on precious and, 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 and his style of basketball, his approach. Banging my head against the wall every time I watch him, man. That's how I feel. Like it's like there's some moments where you're like, okay, uh, but then it's like, oh, there's a mislay up uh-huh. there. There's one against Memphis, man. And he he mm. he saves the loose ball. He mm-hmm. dives on the floor, grabs the loose ball, but he then decides to try to throw a a a, a forward pass backwards. Yeah, and I'm I've like, to who? <laughs> I'm like, to who? Maybe it was against the Mavericks. Oh, it, might, actually, it might have been against the Mavericks. And I think it was to Jalen Brunson. I'm like, what uh-huh. are we doing, bro? Like, uh-huh. what is happening on the court? And I thought he thought it was like an and one mixtape for a second. But yeah, yeah, that, that's. And then you obviously know about Malachi Flynn. Um, I mean, you guys got you, you guys got McBride. I feel like you guys should just play him as backup, you know? Yeah, it, <laughs> it's it backup. He had a nice game against Memphis, but it was obviously. The OG, it's OG was the headliner. It's, it's OG a trip for OG. OG's yeah. a thing, you know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know where if Precious and Malachi are on the the team next year. Um, the thing because, with, yo, the thing with Precious, I'm just telling you, like he does have, he does have like really good moments. Like there are certain moments for where sure like, you can see he can, he's super athletic, can really defend. Um, he's, you know, I mean, he can really rebound too. Like even though he's smaller, um, but yeah, he just ends up making these like super aggressive like random plays like he'll just iso sometimes and it's like dude you are not an iso player I, I think he needs to decide if he's a wing or if he's an undersized big too so a lot of these things like listen man we had to live and die with precious for like three years i'm not kidding like he started a lot of games for the raptors because they didn't have a center for a while too right. so um he's switchable though he's switchable like there's certain looks sure. you can use for him but i mean i, I yeah I, I trust me i the frustration that's why i want to ask the question because well, it, it's kind of funny you know He's playing under 10 minutes a game for Tom Thibodeau right now, who is all yeah. about defense and mm-hmm. switchability. So the fact that he can't even crack 10 minutes, uh, that should give you an idea <laughs> of where he is on this team. But okay. salute to Knicks Nation. Thank you all for tuning in for another Game of the Week preview. Joining me on the other side is none other than my guy, Will Lou. He covers the Raptors for Sportsnet out in Toronto. Make sure to support our sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. Use that promo code KFTV to get up to a $100 match. All right, well. I got to ask you about the Siakam trade. Yep. Because that we knew that was coming down. Yeah, of course. At some point it was going to happen. What are your thoughts about him going to the Pacers and the return? I'm not going to lie, I don't like the return. Um I think look, right for right now, that's probably as much as you can get for him because he's expiring. He kind of has a big say over where he's going to be traded to because he can then just choose not to commit to that team. I think that there were only a few teams that he was like fully interested in re-signing with. And those are only teams that you can really deal with to get value back. Um, so Indiana was clearly in the lead there. You know, Halliburton's been trying to get at Pascal for a while. Pacers, small market. They can't sign nobody in free agency. You got to trade for them first. Um, and they got a lot of money like, like that's open in the future that they can just hand to Pascal. And so... I think for Indiana, it makes total sense. It makes them, they're already like like the best offense in the league. And you upgrade from Bruce Brown to Pascal Siakam. Like, I mean, Pascal has his, like some, you know, warts. Like he's not like a number one option type of guy. But I mean, he also put 52 in the garden. Like, you know, he's, that's, he's a really, really talented, persistent scorer. 
guy who needs to you know play a lot in the paint one-on-one but he's excellent at that and the Pacers have a really spaced off floor from the Toronto side of things I think you know they just waited too long like essentially if you could do the last two years over the Raptors should have just rebuilt last year at the deadline they could have got something for Fred Van Vliet who ended up walking for nothing yep. they could have not traded for Jakob Pertl which you know Jakob's fine he's solid but now the Raptors, they only they trade like a top six protected pick, so they can't even really tank this year. Because you mm-hmm. got to be you got to be like Detroit Pistons level bad to guarantee you're going to keep that pick. Plus, right. this draft apparently isn't that good. So whatever, they wouldn't have traded for Jakob because they wanted to tank at that point. Uh, and then you probably needed to move on Pascal then, or at least in the summertime when teams were offering you more. When you're trying to offer like a couple months of Pascal on a rental to a team that will probably try to re-sign him. The other team has all the leverage in the world. And so in this case, Indiana has all those prospects. Like, I would have loved to see Andrew Nemhar come back to Toronto. Would have loved to see Benedict Matherin. I think that's probably a little harder to do because he's already pretty good. Um, Jairus Walker, who was just picked, you know, high in the draft this last year, hasn't really played that much for the Pacers until more recently. At least can you get back one of those prospects? And the fact that the Raptors can only get back three first, which are the first are all going to be relatively late first. Like, there's not going to be one in the lottery, for example, in those first, unless something really goes bad for Indiana. Yeah, I think it just speaks to the fact that they waited too long. But I also understand where they're waiting too long. Like, Masai went to the press conference yesterday, and he was literally crying when he talked about Pascal and how difficult it was to trade him, you know? And there is a human element of this, too. And and the fact that they got history. For sure. They, they developed him. They drafted him. They grew him into this player. They won a championship together. And they wanted to transition because Kawhi left, and then Kyle Lowry left, and, you know, Marcus Saul, Serge Ibaka, these guys kind of left. It was supposed to be Fred and Pascal and OG carrying this next group forward, thing is that there just wasn't enough talent between those three guys to like really do it but i get their approach i get that they wanted to give them one last chance and then they paid the cost a little bit by waiting too long so uh, i understand how we got here it's just it kind of sucks that we're here but uh, at least the raptors get to rebuild and you got quickly you got rj you got scotty you got some extra picks like it's not a bad place to start by any means for sure I'm a little, you know, I know this is part of uh, the Knicks fan base that was hoping they would say Obi Toppin because there's part of the Knicks fan base they wanted to see oh, yeah? RJ quickly and Obi, all former Knicks, go to Toronto. So, <laughs> well, 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 sad that you didn't say that just for, just for, you know, just to appease the fan base. Yeah. All three softies. Is is, is that what we're doing? Who, oh, who, who I, I, hate, report, I hated man. that quote. I hated that quote. To, what what, what is people doing, quote, man? Yeah. Terrible quote out there. By, and, and to be anonymous to say it is just. A whole mm-hmm. other, a whole other level. But you know, you 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 got it. the the Raptors did what they needed to do. Moved off of OG. You moved off of Siakam. Hard reset now. You got a bunch of young talent with Scotty, RJ, Quick. You got the draft picks now. Mm-hmm. What's the outlook for this season and moving forward? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Honestly, this season's a bit of a wash for the Raptors, right? Because you, you came into the year with the unfinished business of what are you going to do with OG? And they moved him two weeks ago or three weeks ago now. And then what are you going to do with Pascal? They just moved him this week. So, you know, they're already in a position where they're 10 games under 500. Um, they the, what sucks is that they don't control their own pick so if they want to tank they can't even tank like that's the thing that's kind of annoying about it but um it's really just about seeing how the young guys grow seeing how they take opportunities um it's interesting hearing Masai talk about rj a little bit because you know he obviously addressed the fact that you know rj wasn't like lighting up the world in new york but he, you know he, he had some good but he also had some bad too and he was talking about, you know, maybe you put him in a different context, you know, in a different style of team, maybe it kind of improves him. It's a change of scenery type of thing. And I do wonder about that. Like, you know, I, the Raptors under Darko Ryakovich this year, that new head coach, really wants to put a lot of ball movement and stuff into the in, in the offense. The Raptors are really high in assists, really high in passes per game. And you are seeing, like, RJ, very rarely do you see him, like, just have the ball up top waiting for a screen and then attacking a set defense. There's a lot of, like, Raptors run some kind of action. They swing it to RJ, and he's attacking off the catch. And it does seem like he's he's been more efficient playing in that style of game. Now, of course, that doesn't mean that you can't shut that down. I think there's other ways to to, to account for him. But that's that's what they want. They want to see if RJ can sort of step up and you know improve his efficiency. So far, he is. Um, he's at what's what's RJ at as a Raptor? Fifty five percent shooting from the field. Um, wow. Now the th- the three has been good too for him. Until last night, he couldn't hit any. But he's at forty percent from three. But he's only taking like four Ooh. threes a game. But like he's he's getting downhill, and the fact is like he's shooting sixty one percent on twos. That's the thing that's really impressive mm-hmm. to me. So, can you see if that you know maintains? Can you see if quickly can make that jump to being a starter? Like some games he looks no doubt like oh my god he's like the point guard of the future for this team. Some other nights like last night it's like I don't know if he can get a shot one on one or when he drives downhill doesn't seem to take extra dribbles and takes up a lot of like contested. I know he's good at that floater, but he hasn't really hit it as much in Toronto. So, you know, it doesn't you, – you don't always get the sense that he can create a shot out of nothing, which I thought you could see more of in New York. Um, but that transition, and, of course, there's going to be a learning process. He's only been 10 games in Toronto um, and is, like, full-time starting. Back. So, I mean, I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. Like, you know, how was quickly in his role in New York, and, and, and how did you think that was going to translate to when he starts in Toronto? I liked quickly, man. I mean, I always thought he was going to be part. I thought he was going to get the extension that moved into a bigger deal. I want, mm. I didn't like that we came into the season not giving him an extension. I didn't like the report that they tried to give him a team option at the end of his, like, last year. I didn't, again, there was no incentives. Like, that was part of the negotiation process. And okay. that's, like, there, why none got hap- was uh, what happened. That's what was, was reported. Uh, shout out to our guy Ian Begley over at SNY. So, the fact that you didn't get an extension on quickly, I always thought that he could be more. I thought he... Can be, I think he's a qualified starter in this league. I mean, we just we saw last year when he was a starter 
the Knicks were either a game above or a game below 500 when Brunson sat out and you had to put IQ into that starting role. But I always knew that he had this starter level capability. The question is, you know, can he take that next step? But the thing is, like, every time he's been asked to improve and, and go a step further in his development, he always has risen to the challenge. Mm. So I'm I'm confident that he can rise to the challenge again. Is he going to be somebody like Maxi? I don't think so. I don't yeah. think he can. I don't know if he can rise to that level. Maybe he can. Maybe he can't. I won't write it off. But I think, and my comp is that I gave him is like a Mike Connolly. I think he could be a really mm. good point guard that you can rely on every single night, night in, night out, give you some good offense, give you some good defense. Um, you see the playmaking, the assist numbers have, have risen since he's gone off to Toronto and he's gotten the, the more minutes to do so. That's the type of guard I could see him at minimum being because he's already shown that he can compete with starters in this league. That's no question. Yeah. And I don't even look at the the playoff struggles that big. It's his first time where he was actually asked to play a major role. You know, his rookie season when they made it to the playoffs, he didn't play much and he didn't, he wasn't asked to do a lot. It was relied mm. mostly on Alec Burks coming off the bench, Derek Rose when he was here. Quickly wasn't part of that main, you know, one of the main cogs that got the Knicks to the playoffs and was supposed to help take him to another level in the playoffs. You know, last right. year he was. He was the third best player on this team because RJ struggled. Yeah, then get to the playoffs. Then we flip the switch. Mm -hmm. Julius struggles. RJ was definitely your second best player offensively in, in the playoffs, especially against the Cavaliers. And he showed up in, in yeah. some games against Miami. But, yeah. you know, I, I I believe in quickly and what he can do as a starter. It's just like anything else, man. You're It's going to take time. Mm -hmm. You know, he's now asked to be more than what he was here. You know, they're going to now have this. He's going to be on that scouting report. It's like it's not only Scotty, it's yeah. going to be him and RJ. And so it's different when you have to be accounted for as a starter or a guy that just plays a bulk of the minutes rather than somebody playing lesser than. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a luxury when you come off the bench. It's like if you're not playing well, the coach can limit your minutes. You know what I mean? Like when you're right. the starter, you got to be dependent on every single night. And by the way, I'm not trying to say like quickly he's not doing well in Toronto. He's averaging 18. He's shooting 45% from three. Like, like there's lots of good things. His assists are up. My thing is just like, you know, I think what the Raptors need out of quickly right now is to be kind of that explosive score for you. A lot of nights I want to see quickly lead the team in scoring. I want to see him make like, you know, four threes and, and, and you know, uh, get his get his way downhill. Basically right now it's just he's not finishing that great in the paint. Like he's only shooting 40% on twos. But, um, yeah, I think that's the, the next part because I think, you know, Scotty's a very interchangeable kind of player. Like some nights he'll dominate. Honestly, sometimes he'll be quiet through three quarters and then just have like a ridiculously good fourth quarter type of deal. He plays a different kind of position. Sometimes he's point guard, sometimes he's center. So it, it it can be a little bit, you know, tricky for other guys to sort of slot in because it's like, I don't know what role you're going to play on the night. So I don't know what role I should play to flank you on this. Uh, but at the same time, like, yeah, RJ, you know, I, I, both these guys, RJ and quickly, like the thing I appreciate is like they look well coached, man. Like they look like guys who come in and they're professionals like they, they're about their business. That you know, they, they hit the ground running. They're solid. They don't really complain. I haven't seen them complain much to refs. Maybe RJ just a little bit, but he takes a lot of contact too because he's always driving. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've, I've appreciated that aspect too. You know, so they're good dudes. It's just like how you guys get OG, and it's like he hits the ground instantly running. It's like yo, he came from a winning program. Like he knows what the deal is, and he knows that he has an actual chance to go to the playoffs and, and do some real good things with a new organization. So, um. It's kind of a win-win, honestly. I, I don't I don't know if you guys have any regrets or anything. Maybe you guys could have take turned these two into a bigger star than OG, but 
you can't really argue with what OG's you know coming as. He's like exactly as advertised. I feel like. Nah, he, it's 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 both teams won for what they need for fit and need. I think it's a win win <laughs> trade for for both sides. But salute to Knicks Nation. Thank you all for tuning in again. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button for your boys. Make sure to share the links to all these videos. Make sure to support our sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. Use that promo code KFTV to get up to a one hundred dollar match. Well, let's get into this game, man. Now, this, uh, this, this is this is the. This is the this is going to be. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward mm. to the return of RJ and Quick coming back to the Garden. You had the article. Uh, I think it was by who was it? It was by uh, Steve Popper of Newsday. Okay. Well, and RJ was you know RJ unsure if he's going to get the booze or the praise. What? He's going to get the praise, man. He's going to get man. the praise, and it's they're good for what both those guys have gave to this franchise. They're going to get a uh, 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 an ovation just because. When they got here, it was dark times, and they mm. helped take the Knicks out of dark times. So that's first and foremost. But let's talk about the, these matchups, man, because I'm looking at my key matchup of the game. It's going to be Jalen Brunson and Emmanuel quickly for me. Oh, man. yeah. I'm, yep. I'm looking at the point guard battle through and through. I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, because you never get to see the behind closed doors of yeah. the practices, right? And I'm I'm sure it's IQ versus Brunson back when they're teammates. I'm looking forward to seeing that transpire on the court. Now Brunson has just been on another level so far, especially this season, man. Uh, let me let me shout out to Tommy Beer for giving up the stats right now. I'm just pulling up the stats to, to see where, where where is it where is it. So this season, Jalen Brunson has more points than Nico Jokic or Jason Tatum, more assists than Shea Gilgis Alexander or Dame Lillard. Oh, More damn. made three-pointers than Donovan Mitchell or James Harden. Higher plus-minus than Luka Doncic or Kevin Durant. Higher three-point percentage than Steph Curry or Buddy Heald. Damn. And leads the league in charges drawn. Mm-hmm. That's what Brunson's been doing this season. He has been on one. He should be not only an all-star, but go all-NBA. But I'm looking forward to yeah. seeing him going against, you know, a guy that, you know, learned from Brunson. Yeah, seen that yeah, yeah. every single day. I'm looking forward to how that's all going to play out. No, man, it's going to be a dope matchup. The only thing I would say is I really hope Darko Ryakovic decides not to do this thing, which he's been doing defensively, where since OG left, he just put Scotty Barnes on the opposing team's best player. It doesn't matter who that player is. So it could be like literally had a stretch in the Raptors one out west. It was like he got a John Morant, then he got it the uh, De'Aaron Fox, then he got it Steph Curry. Then he got a LeBron, Kawhi. You know what I mean? Like, there's no, like, one type of player he wants. He just puts them on the opposing team's best player. I, I actually want to see what it looks like for quickly to guard Brunson. I think probably he's a little bit worse defensively. I'm not going to lie. Like, it's going to hurt the Raptors more. But I want to see the two guys go at each other, man. Like, you know, because in Toronto, we've had a lot of these, like, you know, reunion type of games where it's like after Kawhi left, we got to see, like, Pascal go against Kawhi, even though they were teammates. After Kyle Lowry left, we got to see Fred Van Vliet go against Kyle Lowry kind of thing. So, it's going to be fun. And I think that, you know, um, yeah, I mean, one thing I've been appreciating about Brunson is just, yo, the, he, I feel like he's not, he's, he, he's not backing out from any challenge, man. Like the fact that he's leading the league in charges is, is huge. He had a lot of momentum swinging charges against the Raptors already this season. He's mm-hmm. taking on the responsibility across the board. Like obviously the scoring, the, the three point shooting, all the things that you're saying, that was already something that he did last season. He's taken it to a higher level this year. But the fact that he's taking on responsibility defensively too, like that's how you lead a group, man. He gives me like Kyle Lowry vibes, plus like crazy, crazy, a different level of scoring on on top of what Kyle did uh, just on both ends of the floor for Toronto. So um, 
it's gonna be fun though, and I and I want to see quickly like I want to see what kind of dog is in him. You know what I mean? Like, are you gonna go at this guy? Because you were fighting this guy for the starting job. I'm not. I don't think he was coming for his job. I think it was more cohesive than that. But still, like that's a guy you've seen all the time. You should know all his tricks, all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, you're coming home. Uh, you know, back to New York. Like, you know, go for it, man. I, and I want. I want both him because I I feel like RJ is definitely gonna be amped up for this one too. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So quickly should be amped up too, man. He should be amped up for this game as well. So yeah, that's what we look forward to that matchup. The other matchups, you know, I think OG is gonna get the Scotty Bar- is gonna be oh, guarding yeah, Scotty Barnes, which will be 100%. fun to watch just because mm-hmm. same kind of thing, right? Same. It's like yo, we used to be teammates. I'm sure they didn't necessarily guarding each other because they were both starters, but still, nonetheless, it'll be fun to watch those guys have to duke it out. Um. Yeah, the only quick quick thing on that is just, you know, Scotty's interesting because he's not going to be like an Anthony Edwards who's going to, you know, just come try to score every single time. Yeah. Scotty's weird. Like, he he will come down. He will make the extra. He will just swing sometimes. He just won't even look to attack. Other times, he'll just, like, try to bully you as well. OG's going to be able to handle the bullying part because OG's, like, pretty much the strongest wing defender in the league. Like, it's like him and Kawhi type of deal. Um, But, yeah, I mean... Scotty's gonna also like roll. He's gonna have the ball sometimes. He's gonna not have the ball sometimes. So I think it's gonna be like OG. You're gonna get to see OG defend in a variety of contexts because Scotty's uh, approach to offense is very varied. So that'll be fun too, for sure. We already know what the center matchup's gonna look like. Uh, I expect Dante to be on Gary Trent Jr. because mm-hmm. he, he's not your starting shooting guard. And then I guess the other intriguing matchup is RJ versus Randall. Yeah, man, I can't. I can't. Yo, it's gonna be it's gonna be really fun because I, I do feel like RJ, um, you know he he's he's shown up on defense like he really wants to. I just feel like he's not like getting like I can see the effort, I can see the physicality, the intent. He does he stays connected. I just don't feel like I get to see him get stops, and that concerns me because I'm <laughs> I know Randall's gonna be looking to score at all times. Oh, for sure. So. Um, but I mean, again, like these two guys should know how to guard each other, right? Like both guys going left, all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think for the Raptors too, it's just like, you know, how much can RJ attack a guy like Randall, you know, again, off the catch. That's the thing that's been important in Toronto. He's always attacking off the catch and he's instantly making a decision to go and get downhill. And, um, obviously the pass is more of a secondary thing for him, but sometimes he's also throwing some pretty good cross court passes for threes as well. So that'll be fun too, man. I, I mean, if he can come close to matching what Randall does scoring wise and the Raptors, I think have a chance. Otherwise though, I don't know, man. I think, you, you know, the Knicks have played the Raptors really well. And then now you guys got OG. So yeah, uh, I trust me. I'm a little worried. I, I'm pretty confident going to this matchup yeah, uh, you should just be. because, just because the offense has just been clicking for the Knicks. And I mean, I don't like, unless you, I mean, just because I said, OG's going to guard, guard Scotty, you know, if RJ's going, I could see Tibbs just switching that. Say, you know what? OG go guard, uh, our, RJ and then Randall would be on Scotty, and then mm-hmm. I can always see it vice swap throughout the entire uh throughout the entire matchup. But I think that's how it's gonna start off with just because Scotty is looked as the guy, right? The whole decision mm-hmm. is to make Scotty look yep. great with the, the moves that have been made. So I just expect OG to be on on uh Scotty starting. I'm it'll be interesting, man. I'm curious to see how the Knicks, because the Knicks are good defensively now. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just more intrigued to see how you're going to stop that because there's not really an answer unless you leave Scotty. I guess Scotty would be your best defender to guard Randall. Is that is that most likely what's going to happen? Here's the thing: the Raptors used to have a, a nice thing where it's like you have multiple wings and you can go up against the Knicks. Now, whatever this doesn't mean we want to beat you guys, but it's like 
you could put OG on Randall. Um, you could put OG on Brunson. Um, you could put Scotty and whoever the other guy is not on, you know what I mean? And Pascal can have a help and the Raptors had centers recently with Yaka Proto. So it's like, and he's out by the way. So I think that's also something that's really uh, tanked the Raptors defense, but you had multiple big wings and now you have the opposite problem. Like the Raptors closed last night's game and they lost against Chicago, but they closed last night's game with Scotty having the ball playing like point center or whatever. And then they had like four guards around him. It was like Dennis Schroeder quickly, uh, Bruce Brown, who's you know now with the Raptors, and then Gary Trent. Like they went from only having forwards to like pretty much mostly having guards since this trade. Because again, you traded OG and Pascal. So um, yeah, I mean, you kind of need Scotty to do both things. If, if it were up to me, I think I would probably put Scotty on Randall, and I would try to see if quickly can handle whatever he could against um, you know. Brunson, I feel like the risk there is that he picks some early foul trouble and then you're really, really in a hole. But the Raptors do have more guard depth now to, to combat that. But yeah, I don't, I don't, there's not good answers. Like literally since trading OG, last time I checked, since trading OG, the Raptors are 28th in defense. So mm-hmm. you guys are going to be able to score. Like there's no doubt. Like, and I think that, yeah, I mean, I'm not confident coming into this matchup, man. The Raptors are in a different phase. You know, we rebuilding now. It's tough. I, I, I appreciate it when we could look each other eye to eye, but right now we're not on the same level. For sure, I hear I hear you on that, and I know for one one sure thing is that I know OG is going to be getting right past RJ on those backdoor cuts, which I'm sure you've already gotten uh, oh, used come to on, watching man. RJ. <laughs> Sorry, man, I just had to go there. You know, we 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 throw the <laughs> no, I get it. back and forth. I get it, man. It's all good. I, I jabbed you guys about Precious, man. No, there Precious is the whole, most hilarious player, man. Everyone gonna lose at least ten follicle hair follicles watching this man every game. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, the one thing that's gonna be, <laughs> the one thing that's gonna be interesting is how fast these teams get out in transition because yeah. after the trade, you know, the Raptors are number three right now with fast break points, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and the Knicks are eight right now. And then another strength of the the Raptors, which I find interesting, which has now become one of the Knicks' weaknesses, is actually points in the paint. Uh, Raptors are top ten when it comes to scoring in the paint. Knicks are twenty fourth right now, so I'm interested to see how the Knicks are going to stop. You know, I know RJ's a big proponent of why the the Raptors are doing so well at scoring in the paint. I wonder how the Knicks are going to stop that. Mm-hmm. Plus, which team is going to take the advantage of getting out in, in transition and scoring? Yeah, I mean, the one thing, again, with the Raptors now having a lot more ball handlers, a lot more guards, is that they can go and they can play really fast. Now, sure, a lot of the stats are going to have, need time to normalize because, you know, there's a pretty different team now, but... Yeah, I mean, that's something that they they do quite well is, you know, before they would always have these like cheat codes because they would have these big wings guarding on the perimeter. And then when the shot went up and the Raptors got the rebound, now all of a sudden it's these big wings and the the, the play flips and now they're going against small guards because they're they're guarding small guards on the perimeter. And then you could get a lot of plays where it was just like, all right, let's just throw it ahead to Pascal. He's got like Brunson guarding him. And then he's able to like spin and then get to a basket for an easy shot. Like a, a lot of the transitions were kind of things like that. They were able to do because they had like OG doing the same thing, Scotty doing the same thing. Um, but what they didn't have is like quick three point shooters who can just like, all right, I don't need to go all the way to the paint. Uh, transition for me is just I go to a three point line, someone hits me with a pass, and I just knock it down. The possession's like five seconds. You see a lot more of that, especially because the Raptors have more guards. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think on the other end, if the Raptors have any chance to defend you guys, the Raptors need to be really, really strong um, in transition defense. Just get back. And there's really no excuse for the Raptors because they, they're all really young. They're all really fast now. You know, it, it, the team's been turned over. Like, you know, it's it, it's you guys' time to sort of carry it forward. And uh, 
I just want to see like if they can kind of compete. And listen, the Raptors have been competitive, man. Like it's not like they they're have losing been. these games. They're they're close. Every game that they lose right now is close too. But well, except for U- Utah, they got smacked. But whatever. Utah's apparently just a buzzsaw. Um, but yeah, I mean, like they're they're gonna compete. They're gonna move the ball. They're gonna share the ball. Crunch time offense. That's a big question for the Raptors. I don't know who's supposed to be doing that for the Raptors right now. Like it's not a guarantee uh, who's gonna get the ball sometimes. But um, that's part of being a young team, man. You guys have been through that. For sure. Absolutely. Now, the big thing for me, man, in this game, because of the lack of bench depth, I have to go. I, it, it's going to be interesting to see where we get the scoring from. Mm. So my X factor for tonight or tomorrow's game, I should say, is none other than Deuce McBride, who has now gotten the prom- promotion since Emmanuel quickly has been shipped off to Toronto. Miles McBride over the last 10 games is averaging uh, close to nine points, shooting 43 percent from the field, but shooting a whopping. from downtown. He's attempting a little over four threes per game, but he's been connecting on them and he's shooting 80% from the free throw line, even though he doesn't get to the free throw line that often. But this guy is a guy who can knock down his shots Mm -hmm. when given the opportunity and gets into a rhythm. If there's anybody for me who I expect to help this, the Knicks in tomorrow in tomorrow's matchup is miles McBride. Who's your X factor for tomorrow's game? Uh, I mean, hearing that, it's probably going to be like Dennis Schroeder or something because the Raptors' mm-hmm. like second unit is actually like a lot better now. Bruce Brown comes off the Raptors' bench. Oh, <laughs> uh, how the tides have turned. <laughs> the tides have turned, man. That's what happens when you trade one player for two. All of a sudden, you got a little deeper. Um, But like, yeah, I mean, Dennis has been pretty solid coming off the bench. Like he, in the starting role, whatever. Like he shouldn't be a starting point guard for a winning program. Right now, it just doesn't seem like that opportunity is there for him. And, it, you know, he hasn't really done that in his career um, in the last couple of years coming off the bench, Dennis Schroeder is a really good, you know, second unit kind of player. And he's been really good for the Raptors. He's been really efficient and for the Raptors coming off that second unit. Um, you know, a couple guys you probably never heard of. Jonte Porter has been pretty solid. Like he's on a, he's on a two way contract for the Raptors, but the Raptors have had injuries at center position. So they've had to play him and he's been really good, man. He, he's solid. Doesn't ever jump. He wears a, he wears a t-shirt under his Jersey when he hoops, like he's that type of, mm. you know what I mean? Like, Oh, below the rim. Okay. Oh, you know you below the rim if you wear a t-shirt under your jersey. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, he could he could stretch it out and he could hit some threes as well. He's been a, a decent player for the Raptors so far. Um, and then yeah, Bruce Brown, you, you know Dennis Schroeder. Like I actually think that the Raptors second unit should come in here and do something. But then again, I, I've also seen McBride like go off recently. Like I watched that Philly game. Like he, what? How many threes do you have in that game? Right. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, that's probably the one weakness you guys got, but you guys got more trade assets and stuff. Like you guys got other moves you guys can make, right? So, you know, hopefully you guys restock just a little bit more because it's not just going to be OG. It's going to get you all the way to the conference finals or anything like that. Like I think you guys need you know, a little bit more help off the bench. Hey, that's why there's rumors for Dejounte. There's rumors yeah. about Malcolm Brogdon, Terry Rozier, Jordan Clarks is now out there. You want uh, Bruce Brown? We'll Come see. on, we can make a deal right now. Okay, stop. Uh, you know, stop right there. Uh, I'm looking for. <laughs> You know, a guy who can initiate the offense. My guy is Colin Sexton. I would love to see Colin Sexton. Okay. And, and yeah, that's who I really yeah, like. I don't know if how I don't know how realistic that is. He just dropped thirty one last night, dude. Is he's a out dog. In Utah. Yeah. He's a the definition of a dog. Yeah. Uh, you remember that game he played in college where it was like I forget he had like the whole team got in a fight and then like some other guys got fouled out. He was guarding three. I'm not even kidding. There was a th- game that was three on five, man. Yes, I do know what you're talking about. I do remember that. <laughs> Yeah, that's just yeah. who Colin Sexton. That's what. Yeah, exactly. Dude, you want to talk about a perfect Tibbs guy? Oh it's man, right there. Yeah, it's right there. Um, but yeah, but to wrap the show up, well, what is your prediction? Like, how do you think? Not I mean, like, yeah, yeah, we're not gonna ask final scores, but like, how do you think tomorrow's yeah. game is gonna play out? 
No, nah, man, look, listen, I, the Raptors have been competitive. They move the ball, they play unselfishly. It's hard to guard. Just, you can't just focus on one guy, um, and they'll keep it competitive. Um, you know, if I think the one thing for the Raptors right now is the three ball has been such a big thing for them because you know, the Monday they hit like 432 from three, and they got you know they got defeated by the Celtics. Still kept that game close, but whatever. You can't win ever. Only making four threes. Next night, they make 20 threes against Miami. And then last night they go cold again. So if they're hot from three, they'll be competitive. If they're not hot from three, then yeah, you guys will pretty much steamroll in this one. Defensively, they just don't put up enough of a resistance and they don't have Yaka Pirtle. Like a lot of games, the Raptors playing a lot of Thad Young, you know what I mean, at center. Like you guys, you guys should be all right, man. But it'll be good uh, to see OG though. Yeah, for sure. It'll be, it'll be a nice physical game. I, if the, As to your point, if the Raptors are shooting well from downtown. I expect this to be a close and competitive one. Yeah. Uh, hopefully the Knicks are well rested after playing back to back class uh, these past two games and uh, having to play upwards of 35 plus minutes for the starters. So hopefully they're getting the, the ice treatment. They're resting. No practice today. I hope hopefully no practice because they're going to need all that energy to keep up mm. with the young Raptors squad tomorrow. But we'll appreciate you coming on and helping me break down this game. Please let our listeners know where they can find you. If you got any upcoming work, we should be on the lookout for. Yeah, man. Appreciate you guys. Um, if you want to find me, you could just look for the Raptor show um, on YouTube, on podcasts or whatever. I mean, it's been it's been really busy because, you know, the Raptors just traded OG and Pascal. But like, man, we have Pascal's agents on in the last two episodes. You hear that side of things. We got Sham Sharania coming on the show uh, nice. yesterday to talk about, you know, how this deal happened. If they're going to move Bruce Brown, you know, the usual Sham stuff. You ask him for rumors. Sam Amick. It's like, yeah, Caitlin Cooper, like Sierra Sohi from The Ringer. Like, yeah, we, we got a lot of great guests, but we also try to keep it fun as well on the Raptors. I mean, the pressure is to, <laughs> clearly off to win now, so we can just kind of enjoy and see how they grow. But, uh, yeah, if you're looking to keep up with Emmanuel Quigley and RJ Barrett, see how they're doing in Toronto. Got to come to the Raptors show. Yeah, trust me. Uh, I'm sure there's a part of the Knicks fan base that is keeping tabs on how IQ and RJ are doing. Yeah. But well, thank you for joining the show again. And to all of our listeners, thank you for tuning in for another Game of the Week preview. Make sure to watch the Knicks face off against the Toronto Raptors tomorrow home at 7.30 p.m. All right. And make sure to support our sponsors, Underdog Fantasy, man. Make sure to use that promo code KFTD to get up to a $100 match. Make sure to share the links to all these videos. If you can't catch the shows live, make sure to download us on any audio listening platform, whether it be Apple or Spotify. You can find us there. And remember, tomorrow, because... Look, you got to know how it works, right? Game of the week, that means there's going to be a play-by-play. So we're going to have a play-by-play tomorrow with CK2K for tomorrow's Knicks versus Raptors game. So make sure to tap in there as well. And that's all we got for you. All right, everyone. And also, make sure to check out KnicksFanTV.com for all some of the great articles that are up there as well. But all right, Knicks Nation, thank you for tuning in for another Game of the Week preview. We out.